again, everybody. Welcome to the ESPN Sports Center. I'm Chris Berman along with Dan Patrick, a special hour edition tonight. We sat in this chair last night at this time, shocked by the death of Hank Gathers, Loyola Marymount. 24 hours later, pretty much still the same feeling. It's similar when Pete Maravich died. You just don't know where to turn to get answers, and we will try to come up with answers tonight. It will be at least a week before we know exactly what caused the sudden death of Hank Gathers. Loyola Marymount officials today declined to answer questions concerning Hank Gathers' medical history. Loyola Marymount was supposed to play on ESPN later tonight, but the West Coast Conference canceled the rest of their tournament following Gathers' death. Today, as coach, teammates, and friends look back with fond memories of a man who was not only a great player, but a great friend. Chris Myers was there. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Marty Plum, and I am your host of a pen and a napkin podcast, the weekly coaching clinic that you can carry around with you in your pocket. But it is time not to have a coaching clinic, but it is time to jump back into the film room. And we are here for volume six. We're over the halfway point, and we are back in the documentary category. And this week, we are going with what I think is, you know, one of my uh, favorite 30 for 30s, and it's a, it's a great basketball story. And uh, the guy that's, that's helping me break it down this week, the esteemed, the gallant, Mr. Mark Kruger of Millard West High School in Millard, uh, Nebraska, suburb of Omaha. Uh, we are the same age, so uh, this was a big part of our high school years, watching the guru of Go and the Loyola Marymount Lions do what they did during this era. So I, you know, uh, I thought uh, Kruger would be a great guy to have on because this was, like I said, big part of our high school years was watching Paul Westhead and the Lions just run up and down the country. Don't you think, Kruger? Absolutely. It was, uh, it was fun. Definitely, uh, you know, something new and fun. Um, and uh, you had to stay up late to catch the West Coast games, but it was worth it. Mm-hmm. Controversial take out of the gate here, Kruger. Okay. Loyola Marymount was Gonzaga before Gonzaga. Only um, a different way. Maybe I mean Gonzaga has been uh, you know more consistent. Much more consistent, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah Gonzaga. Um, yeah, much more, much more consistent over the long, the long haul. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, I, I can see where you're going with that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, kind of you know small school, little Catholic school. Uh, kind of a, a media darling, little underdog to, to start with. Now, obviously, uh, like you said, the, the run that Gonzaga has been on for two plus decades is much different than Loyola's little, uh, yeah. three year, uh, literal sprint, uh, that, that they had in the late eighties and early nineties. But, uh, uh, in those, in those, yeah, in those days, no one, I'm sure again, similar, no one wanted to go out there to play them. Oh, exactly. Exactly. And, you know, uh, you were talking about staying up late to watch Gonzaga, or I'm sorry, I got Gonzaga on my mind, Loyola, uh, and they would play UNLV, they would play Oklahoma, uh, they would, you know, uh, play, they would play a a tough non-conference schedule, uh, but it was never at Loyola. It was always them having to go out on the road uh, because these bigger schools were not going to go into the snake pit that was their gymnasium and get caught up in the system there. Right. So uh, some things never change, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, by the numbers here, uh, you know, uh, will we ever see anything like Loyola Marymount ever again? You know, be, us two being uh, being Iowa guys, uh, you know, we're familiar with uh, what Grinnell College does. Um, yep. You know, with their, I guess it's somewhat similar of a of a style to that, but you know, they just you know routinely put up 150 points and shoot it as fast as they can and, and things like that, um, and have had a lot of success with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't think, you know, I don't think that's that that system is, is dead. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, we definitely, you know, you don't, you don't see it, it commonly all over the place. Yeah. You know, by the numbers again, at the division one level, uh, in the 87, 88, uh, season, they averaged 110 a game. 
88-89, they averaged 113. And then their their best season ever, a, a whopping uh, 122 points a game in the 89-90 season. Uh, just a, incredible. And, and it was, you know, it's, it's kind of hard. Uh, probably kind of the thing that, uh, you know, if there's, if there's folks that are listening to this that weren't alive, uh, or watching a lot of basketball during this time, uh, it was kind of like, uh, you know, the, the Brady team that, that went under the Patriots team that went undefeated and they were beat by the Giants in the Super Bowl. Kind of like they just, they just scored and scored and scored. And you, and you were, you're almost powerless against it. You felt like, you know, as, as you were watching this and you were just like, this this it was just it was just something that had to be witnessed I think and and experienced uh, just during that specific era, uh, don't, you know that and and I know like when we were kids Kruger uh, Doctor Tom we thought they were playing fast when when he was running the Diamond Press but they looked like they were in quicksand compared to these guys. Yeah, and it was you know it was such a contract contracting style too because it's not that far removed from your Patrick Ewing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Ralph Sampson, um, the big you know, guys, almost, dominating you know, Dean Smith, you know, four corners spread it out. It was such a, a, such a complete, you know, change from that, um, that it was kind of a, you know, a shock to college basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a little bit more numbers. Hank Gathers, uh, led the nation in points and rebounds per game. Uh, he was the second player to do it. Kruger, trivia for you. Who was the first to do it? Oh, boy. Can you give me Can you give me some sort of, of – give me a decade? Uh, it was the 1980s. 1980s. Mm-hmm. Um, Future Pro Wayne, played, played about – Wayman Tisdale? That is incorrect. I'll give you two more. Um, All right. Future Pro played about – 11, 12 years in the league, probably. Uh, had a nice right. career. Wasn't a great player. I got, a, I got an obscure guess. Was he from a small college? Uh, wasn't a big school. It was not a Power 5 school. Okay, how about Xavier McDaniel? Ding, 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 ding. You are correct, Is my friend. Right? All right. Well done. Well done. Yes, the X-Man at Wichita State okay. uh, yep. was, was the guy. But Wayman Tisdale was a good guess as well. That, that, was, that was a good one there, buddy, so... Um, your overall thoughts, we'll just kind of start there, Kruger, you know, uh, your overall thoughts, uh, uh, watching the, watching the documentary, it's a shorter, it's the shortest, uh, film that we've had in this series so far. It's only okay. about 52 minutes long. Uh, but kind of your thoughts going through this, uh, 30 for 30 as, as you watched it. Okay. So first of all, like this was not a rewatch for me. Like I had never seen this before. Oh, really? Um, okay. Re- yes. So, and I, you know, I don't know how this had escaped me. But uh, part of the reason I, you know, picked this one, um, I had not seen it before. So um, I really enjoyed it, kind of the, the trip down memory lane, kind of like we were, uh, we kind of started out here, um, kind of taking you back to those high school days and, you know, wanting to see it. And it was kind of like, you know, something that, you know, again, you had to stay up late and, and watch. And have you seen this? Have you heard about these guys, you know? And, um, so it was kind of fun to go down go down memory lane, um, with, with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so overall, I, again, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was well done. Um, so some thoughts here that I had had written down. Um, and I don't know if I, if I didn't know this or if I just forgotten, but, um, I did not realize that, um, you know, Hank gathers had kind of, passed out like that once before mm-hmm. and had been on meds and they weren't, you know, he wasn't able to really perform on those meds and, and cut back those meds and then had the, the fatal, uh, the fatal situation. Uh-huh. Um, I, in my head, I thought that that was just a, you know, one time thing and that it, it happened and he, and he died. Yeah. Uh, so I was kind of shocked by, by that, that like, Oh man, like yeah. he was on meds and they cut him back and, yeah. Wow. And and, and um, I think, you know, at the end they started talking about and we'll, and we'll talk about this later on the the liability issues yes. and all the lawyers yeah, getting involved I made some in some notes stuff. about that too, yeah. And 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 I think that had to be 95% of the reason why the lawyers got involved is Absolutely. He, he had the incident. Yeah. So uh sorry, what else you got, man? Um so yeah, that was that was the first one that that jumped out at me. 
Um, the second one, now this was one of the, the things they were kind of closing the episode with was um, could they have won it all with Hank? Mm. Mm. And and at first when I, I can't remember if it was a, you know a beat writer or or some, I can't remember which person in the documentary kind of brought that up. It was uh, their assistant when they were at USC brought okay, it up. He, yeah, he was the, the guy yep, that recruited yep, them yep, at the USC. USC guy. Yeah. Yep. Um, and and at first I was kind of like, oh man, what are you? You know, like no way. And then they were, you know, they were an eleven seed. You know, and back then, you know, that, those kind of seeds just they've never, you know, they didn't have those. And then, you know, I started thinking, well, gosh, they beat Michigan. They beat, the, you know, like, is it possible? Like, man, could they, could they have done it? Um, who knows? Um, I think but, uh, they, I, I think if I recall, and again, it's it's been a while, um, but they would have been a much higher seed. I think they they weren't really sure what to do with them uh after gathers died you know because you you know you still have to analyze them as a team like how good are they without this guy that's averaging you know 30 and 15 and and i think they probably uh would have been i don't know three four seed ish that's Uh, cool yeah that's a good point you know um and but do they have the same uh, emotional uh, lift, so to speak, uh, the the uh, the reason to to play that 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 kind of elevated them almost to a spiritual level that they ended up making the run with too. So, right. um, who's to say? I don't know. Uh, the number one seeds that year were Connecticut, UConn. That was the year that Duke beat them in the Final Four. That's when Leitner hit the shot as the, okay. best, the first time he did that in his career. Uh, and then Oklahoma and Michigan State was a number one, but they got beat by Georgia Tech, who went on to the Final Four. And then, of course, UNLV was a number one, uh, who, yeah. who of course then beat Marymount uh, down the line. So yeah. So then my other my other thought with it was um, again not not seeing it not seeing it before was so is this about you know Paul Westhead? Um, is it about Hank Gathers? Um, you know, where, where is this going? What is this really about? Mm-hmm. Um, and in the end, I thought it did a really good job of kind of doing both mm-hmm. for only, for only being 50 minutes. Um, I felt like I learned, you know, a lot about Paul Westhead and the quote, the system. Um, and again, the story of, of Hank Gathers and obviously it was something that, that dominated that, that team and, and uh, in college basketball that year, so um, again, when it kind of got going, I was like, "All right, what is this? Is this, this Westhead? Is this Gathers?" Um, but I thought it really did a, a good job of both. Yeah, yeah, and, and and the growth of the team and the and everything that they obviously went through before, during, and after uh, the situation with Gathers' death. So, um, how often should you watch this movie, Kruger? Now you've gone. It was made in 2010, so uh, you're at 12 years is how often you have watched it. But now that you've watched it, how often do you think you'll rewatch it again? You know, I don't think this is something like you know, like Hoosiers. You know, that if it's on TV, man, it's I'm, I'm watching it. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's something like that, but um, you know, every other year, something like that. I, I think mm-hmm. it's you know, again, mm-hmm. it's a it's a good watch yeah. and. It's not. It's not two hours of your your time either. It's a it's a quick it's a quick watch. So, um, yeah, I think it's something to definitely kind of keep on your Rolodex. Yeah, yeah. I put every three years. Um, so it, it's not quite the twenty five years that I went from my first viewing to the second viewing of He Got Game or my buddy Myers <laughs> thirty seven years that he went between Teen Wolf. So, uh, so your twelve years is actually uh, just you know th- third in line so far in in the film room. Uh, but I, I, I put like every three years, uh, yeah, one year, one year, uh, for surprise day, uh, we watched this as a, as a, as a team, you know, just to kind of show them a little bit of the history of the game and coming together yep. as a team through tough time. And, and I, if memory serves, I think we were having kind of a, a little bit of an up and down year chemistry wise and things like that. And, you know, it's, you know, trying to kind of figure some things out and come together for a common cause. And I don't know if that was the right thing or the wrong thing to do, but uh, but I, I put every three years. So, um, all right. Favorite scene. I've got, I've got, uh, three or four scenes. 
Um, okay. And I got, yeah, I got, I got two or three. You got two or three. Okay, so I'm gonna put mine out there first, and then, um, then you uh, let me know if if we've, you know, got the same ones. Um, okay. Uh, first one is talking about the recruitment of Hank and Bo uh, to Loyola Marymount. You know, they obviously were from Philly, went to USC. Things didn't work there with our former coach at the <laughs> University of Iowa, George Raveling. Right. Uh, um, and, and you know, then they go to Westhead and they talk about watching the film and they're like, you know, you just made that up, didn't you? Or you faked it or whatever. He's like, no, this is what we're going to do. And so uh, I really like that. I really liked the scene, again, kind of basketball nerding out, uh, where they explain the system and how the system works. Um, mm-hmm. And then, uh, of course, the... Uh, the extended uh, tourney run, and uh, especially like the first game when they're playing New Mexico State, and and uh, Kimball got his fourth foul in the, in the first half, and Westhead was like, you know, I was daring the officials to call a fifth foul on him. Like, you're really going to foul out Bo Kimball right now? I mean, seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then, of, of course, um, what you and I, I know I remember it. I'm guessing you remember it. Uh, you know, definitely probably my favorite scene, probably the most emotional scene uh, in the film, other than the, the death of Hank, is when Bo Kimball makes the left-handed free throw. Um, you know, and just, I, I remember um, the buildup to it. You knew it was going to happen. He had announced it before the game that that's what he was going to do. And the the story of this team had, you know, the tragedy of it had captured the country and, and everybody was tuned in. And I, I just remember when he made that free throw. And not only did he do that against, or in the first game, but he, he made, he did the same thing against Michigan. He made the first one against them and then he made it against Alabama. And it wasn't until UNLV that he missed his first free throw left-handed. Then of course, that's the game they ended up losing too. So, mm-hmm. uh, so those, those are my four, favorite ones and and of course the the left-handed free throw is is number one on my list yeah and and then you know after when all that was going on you know then going out in your in your driveway and trying to do it (laughs) exactly you know you know i'm gonna go shoot this one left-handed like bo kimball did i remember doing that yeah um so i went i kind of i kind of figured those were the ones you you would go okay Um, kind of some of the you know the obvious the obvious ones so i went a little different direction with uh, with favorite scene and and so favorite scene um and i it wasn't like again like i think the obvious left-handed free throw for for obvious reasons i chose this scene because it kind of it kind of punched me in the gut um so it kind of man that was really a good scene because it emotionally hit me in the gut and it was after when they're talking about the death of hang gathers and they showed Bo Kimball and his brother and Hank Gather's brother mm-hmm. and different coaches and Paul Westhead and they were just speechless. Yeah, there was like five or six people that they cut to and they just did nothing but just shaking their heads. Yep, and that was kind of like you know wow like that was a really good scene like it was so emotional yet no one said a word. Yeah. Um, so I thought, I thought that was, that was well done. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of weird to call that your favorite scene. Um, but that one, like I said, that one kind of, that one, when that came on, I was like, wow, that was, I'm going to write that down. That one, like I said, kind of punched me in the gut. Well, it it kind of got to the, 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 well, I was just to say, it kind of got to the core of the story that, uh, and it's, it's the misconception from people on the outside, uh, they think a, a team is just a bunch of people. They come in, they clock in, they clock out, just like you would in an office. And, you know, Mark, you and I both know that that's the farthest thing from the truth. You you, you spend more time, you and I spend more time with our team uh, when the season gets to, going than we probably do with our spouse. And, and so you lose, in that situation, uh, you lose such a massive piece of you uh, as a person, because you know, you you have that that brotherhood, especially if you are successful and you truly love somebody the way that Hank and and Bo loved each other and the teammates, and they you know just by all accounts sound like Hank Gathers is just a really really good dude that everybody really truly loved and appreciated as a teammate, and I think they probably would have felt that way if he averaged three points and one rebound a game, let alone thirty and fifteen. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Right. So then the other one, the other one I wrote down again, kind of going off the beat path a little bit, 
but uh, the part at the end when he talked about his, his career coaching in the WNBA mm-hmm. uh, and, and really giving respect to the, the, the women athletes in the WNBA, um, I think a lot of guys, you know, in Paul Westhead's position, you know, wouldn't go in, and coach in that league. Uh-huh. You know, like I'm, I'm Paul Westhead, you know, I've, I, I'm not going to go coach these, these women, but he talked about how, how athletic they were and how talented they were. And, and both of us being, being, uh, you know, girls coaches, um, I thought that was something that's like, you know, giving, giving them the respect and the, and the shout out, um, I thought was, was a nice, was a nice touch too. Absolutely. Absolutely. I got a couple of things on, on that later on here. If you are a coach in the Omaha Council Bluffs Lincoln area, be sure to sign up for the Metro Basketball Coaches Association Coaches Clinic Series to be held at DJ's Dugout at 114th and Dodge here in Omaha, Nebraska. The Omaha Metro Basketball Coaches Association has four clinic dates lined up, September 21st, September 28th, October 5th, and October 12th. And we'll have some of the best coaches, not only from our region, but nationwide. If you're interested in signing up for the Metro Basketball Coaches Association Coaching Clinic Series, send your registration and fee to MBCA, care of Tom Crable at Boystown High School, 122 Heroes Boulevard, Boystown, Nebraska, 68010. Registration fee is only $75 per coach on your coaching staff, and you won't regret signing up for the Metro Basketball Coaches Association Coaches Clinics. Uh, the worst scene for you, and I like your choices, by the way, Kruger. Those those make sense. Um, you know, it was, you know, you're talking about that editing of, of putting that together, you know, and uh, obviously mm-hmm. for me, you know, the, the worst scene, you know, obviously, you know, the death scene is coming. Uh, you and I... I'm guessing you were the same way. We were both sophomores in high school when it happened. Uh, it was on a constant loop on Sports Center for weeks at a time, yeah. you know, and, and and so you know it's coming, but it's still hard to prepare yourself for. So uh, you know, so for me that was that was that was tough. Uh, and and then toward the end, you know, the lawyers getting involved, uh, and you could just uh, last week we kind of had the. Uh, uh, the the scuzzball of the movie in He Got Game was Dom Pagnotti, uh, the mm-hmm. sports agent that tries to lure Jesus Shuttlesworth uh, to sign with him straight out of high school, and uh, the lawyer that was that was up on that press conference had definitely some Dom Pagnotti vibes. So he gets the Dom <laughs> Pagnotti award for being kind of the scuzzball of the of the program here. So, yep. um, so. We were going to establish a new uh, category for Dom Pagnotti after last week. So the Dom Pagnotti scuzzball of the guru of Go was the lawyer that brought all the lawsuits against Westhead and Loyola Marymount and all that other stuff. So, uh, but how about you? Any uh, worst scenes for you? Um, well, I had three, and you got two of my three. Okay. Um, so yeah, the lawyers for sure was on there for the same reasons you just said, and then. And I wrote this down just because it's, it, you know, you can still see it, the, the slow motion of Hank falling, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't, I don't really know if I've ever seen it in real time. Like, it seems like it's always shown in slow motion. Yes. At least, at least that's the way it's fixed in my head. That's a great point. And, and to just, again, just see, like you said, and just re- reiterating the same things you said, that was the one. Um, my third worst scene is kind of lighthearted. Okay. Um, there was a, a, well, there was actually two different, I believe they were still shots. Uh, and one was with Paul Westhead, um, like showing closeout form in some really, really short shorts. <laughs> and, and yeah. there was, so there was there was that, and I'm not sure if they were the the bike coaching shorts, you know, with the two button, um, oh, yeah. you know, almost yeah. polyester style coaching shorts. Oh boy, if you remember those? Oh how how could you not remember <laughs> any of your junior high or high school coaches in the '80s with without those without those bad boys on? Oh yeah. absolutely, yeah. My my dad's was loaded with those things. Uh, um, so there was a, there was that shot. And then there was another one of them later, maybe when he was with the WNBA, but they were kind of standing in a huddle. And and I thought, oh, Paul, those shorts are too <laughs> short. Like, so 
So that those were my my three worst scenes: the the short shorts from Paul Westhead, the slow motion of Hank, and then the lawyers. Yeah, he's an English major, Kruger. You know, he's he's a literature guy. He's not worried about what he looks like. He's worried about the. Uh, uh, the spirit. Of, by the way, are you going to borrow any of those lines from Macbeth or anything like that uh, this season? Uh, I am. I, I doubt it. No, I am as far from a a poetry Shakespeare kind of person as you could possibly be. The only poetry you know is like Aerosmith lyrics. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> um, basketball realism. Basketball realism. Uh, what is your What is your from A to F? Uh, what is your grade for this documentary? Um, well, I think it's you know I think it's an A because yeah. it's real. You yeah. know what I mean? It's not a movie. Um, it's real stories. It's real people. It's heartbreaking stuff. Um, it's it's got the like you were saying. It's got the it's kind of the fun element to it when they were on that run and guys are hitting shots and unconscious and run up and down the floor and dunking and then it's got you know the emotional stuff of. Of a of a young a young man dying and how it affected his his close people around him and, mm-hmm. and so again I again as far as realism goes it it's real it mm-hmm. really happened so yeah. Um, yeah a a for that yeah I gave it an A too um, another scene and it didn't crack my favorite scene uh, category but a scene that I enjoyed was you know obviously you know Bo and Hank got a lot of the attention but they went down the rest of the roster and how these other players fit uh you know jeff fryer which i distinctly remember and and all my buddies back in sheldon iowa will will remember the long saturday and sunday afternoons and evenings we would spend in the archer gym population 125 people a a suburb of sheldon iowa kruger Uh, (laughs) but uh you know uh, Jeff Fryer and Steve Kerr, uh, those type of guys, we'd pretend like we were them. And I, uh, you know, him throwing it up, and they had the Peabody guy and uh, yep. Piers Steamer. I mean, what a name! What a name. That's it's it's not quite Neon Boudot or Jesus Shuttlesworth, but Piers <laughs> Steamer, awesome name. Uh, and then Corey Gaines and and all of these uh, different pieces. And I think that. Uh, you know, and maybe this crosses over to like uh, lessons learned or what can you, what can you, but you know, you get those one or two pieces, but you also have to have the right pieces around the one or two studs that you might have for it really truly to work and to click. And if Jeff Fryer couldn't shoot the way that he could shoot, it wouldn't have opened up the lane as much for Hank Gathers to do what he did down there and, and things like that. So, uh, you know, the, the basketball realism in the way that, um, you know, and, and you know, putting together a roster. And I think Westhead, uh, you know, either it's through this or through the, the Lakers show um, that Casey and I broke down. And you guest starred on for, for a Yes, evening. I did one episode, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, he was, he was, he was not uh, given the uh, warmest um, – uh, you know, he was not portrayed the best in the Lakers show, and they kind of made him look like kind of like a doofus. Um, right. But but the guy put together good rosters in a lot of different places, and he knew what the pieces were, and when it fit, it fit really well, and it was it was something to watch. Mm-hmm. So, Agreed. Um, all right, uh, best coaching advice, Mr. Kruger. I'll let you lead on this co- category, my friend. Okay. Yeah, I got a couple. Um, and these are things that, again, are not really new. It's just, uh, you know, you, you just kind of sometimes you need to hear things over and over. Um, I think it was Corey Gaines in the episode talking about that practices are harder than games. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I think lots of times that that's, you know, again, you, you, everybody's heard that before and, and things, but I think there's a, a lot of truth to that, that um, you know, I, I tell our kids, you know, they have to get comfortable being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so that's kind of, again, a reminder I took from that. Um, and then uh, this is a, this was a, a Paul, a Paul Westhead quote, um, from that. And he said one time that it's, it's all I know. And so what I took from that was just kind of like, you know, to stick with your, stick with your beliefs. Um, and, uh, Stick to your guns. If that's what you believe and that's what you believe works, 
then, uh, you know, stick to it. And, and he definitely did that. And to some extent had a lot of success and other times, uh, failed miserably, mm-hmm. but he didn't, he didn't waver. He, he you know, he stuck to his, his guns on what he believed in. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got a little crossover here. The, the two things that you said, I kind of had those down in the, the basketball lessons learned, uh, okay. with the, with the emphasis on practice and coach and, and, you know, things can slide around in these type of categories. So you're right. I'm wrong. You're wrong. I'm right. Doesn't really matter. Uh, but, um, you know, the, you know, the emphasis on practice, the emphasis on conditioning and, and you, you know, again, they referred to it in the film and, you know, Kruger, we were old enough at the time to watch it happen, but they Mm -hmm. would, they would just break teams mentally um, not, and once, the, well, I should say, once they broke them physically, they had broken them mentally. And, okay, and well, in my, in my, sorry, in my best line category, I have a line about that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I think that especially if you're going to be elite, that is a skill that you need to, inst- you know, kind of, uh, put into your team. Um, and, and I know the, the best teams that, that I've had, um, they took pride in not just beating the opponent, but mentally breaking the opponent. And, and I don't mean that in a, uh, in a, in a sense, I mean that in a basketball sense, not like a, you know, uh, you know, some, some other way that that might be taken out of, out of context or whatever. I'm, I'm talking about, uh, I remember a game, uh, we were playing a, a a school that we played a lot. They were in our conference at the time, and uh, there was a they had a really good player on their team, and we had beaten them like three times in a row. And after the game, that player was sitting on their bench, and and you could just see the look on on her face, and she was like, I, "There's just nothing I can do. We can't beat those guys. There's just mm-hmm. you know I, I and and for me." I felt like okay, we we have that team mentally. That team just can't beat us because we've broken them mentally, and for we didn't lose to them for another two or three years after that because we had just done that to them. And and I think what Loyola did and what they showed with the way they practiced, with the way they did things, the the, the mental, the 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 physical way that they played the game made it as much mental or even more so mental as it was physical. And, and West had kind of talked about that as well. Yep. I agree. Yeah. Um, the other, the other coaching advice I had is, um, one of the, the I think it was one of the, sort of the Shakespeare quotes, which again, I wasn't not familiar with or whatever, but, um, I wrote it down. The readiness is all. Mm-hmm. And so I took that the way I interpreted that was, you know, that, you know, again, a lot of people, everybody wants to win, um, but the pre- being prepared uh-huh. and, um, you know, detailed on, on getting your team ready to play is, uh, you know, the, you know, the, the half the battle is fought before, you know, all that stuff. Uh-huh. Um, and so, again, I thought that was a good reminder of, you know, again, whether it be, you know, scouting an opponent or, or your own team or, or whatever, but um, the, the, the readiness is, is uh, half the battle or more. Yeah. Yep. I like it. I like it. I uh, I got a couple of things here on this one. Uh, I thought it was really poignant uh, for Westhead. And here's a guy who, uh, before the Lakers, I think he was at like LaSalle. And he goes to the Lakers. And he goes to the Bulls. And he, you know, he's all over the world. And he ends up at Loyola. And, you know, and he does all these things. He ends up, you know, coaches in the WNBA, all this other stuff. Um, and I thought he had a great quote just about, the fragility of having uh, making your life uh life's profession being a coach he said mm-hmm. it's it's hard to get a job it's harder to keep a job and i was like wow i mean that's that's really uh because you know it's easy to be the candidate it's easy to say you've got all the ideas and here's how i'm going to here's what i'm going to do here for your program and then, you know, what you've sold yourself on, you now have to deliver. And there's a lot of variables. That's easy to, to put out there in paper, but, you know, just as well as I do, there's a lot of variables that prevent most people from having the success that they think that they should have. 
and yeah. and so it's 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 hard to get a job, but it's harder to keep a job. I mean, what do you think of that? Yeah, I, I think, and I, as I sit here kind of contemplating that, um, you know, I think you see that attitude or that that concept starting to you know really filter down even to our level at the at high school. Mm-hmm. You know that uh, you know yeah everybody you know they're high school kids and be treated right and and teach them life lessons, but you know at the same time you better win. Mm-hmm. Um, so they that there's there's that you know kind of you better you better win and uh, or or else kind of a thing that you start to see at the high school level, which you know um, I have kind of mixed feelings about. So, um, but of course you know in the big time world of the WNBA or the, the NBA and college basketball, of course with all the dollars involved, um, you know you you better win. But um, but again, I think you see that starting to filter down into into the high school ranks as well. Yeah. Yeah. And it's an unfortunate, uh, circumstance that, uh, you know, and it's part of it, you know, you, you know, we know we sign that contract every year and, you know, even at the high school level, you have that expectation and, and you put that expectation on yourself that you want to do as, as well as you can. And even when you don't think you're going to be very good, you, you always have that, that thought, well, if we just do this and this and this and this, uh, we can win, X amount of games, whatever that is for for your team, uh, but the, you know the other guys, the other guy or gal is trying to do the same thing, and yeah. it's it's not just that easy. And I think sometimes folks think uh, it's it should be easier than what it is, um, you know. And I think Westhead made a great point at one point. He said, you know, when I had Magic and Kareem running my system, it looked really good. When I had Bo Kimball <laughs> and Hank Gathers. It looked really good when I had Diana Taurasi running my system. It looked really good, uh, and it still is. As your old boss Matt Fritchie told me one time, it's not about the X's and O's; it's about the Jills and the Joes. And yeah, uh, yeah the system was was great, but you need players in order to run the system too. So, regardless of whatever the system is, so coaches are absolutely loving are taking over a new program booklet. As many of you know, I spent two years outside of coaching, and during that time, I hung a note card in my workspace at school that said, strip the house down to the studs. I took that time to really rethink and reorganize my thoughts on what it takes to run a transformational program. As I prepared for the possibility of coaching again, I organized these thoughts into this 96-page booklet. How much do I trust this booklet? I used this booklet as I went on interviews to help sell myself and my vision for what my new program would look like. If I'm using it to sell myself, why wouldn't I recommend it to you, my listeners? This booklet will help you look at any part of your program, no matter what stage you're at in your program, and help improve it in some way. It's all yours for only $15, which includes shipping and handling. For more information, email me at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com. Um, anything else on the coaching advice from this one? Those are, those are the three things I had. So Perfect, perfect. Uh, best lines from the documentary. I've got quite a few that I wrote down. Uh, you want me to take the lead on this one? Sure, go ahead. Okay. I hope you don't steal, I hope you don't steal mine, but you okay. go ahead. Well, let's <laughs> see. I got, I don't know, five, six, seven. Um, okay, I got, I got three again. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, the system, you know, it was always the system, the system, the system, Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I really liked, and, and you know what, I kind I, I agree with Diana Taurasi. Uh, there's no better way to play basketball than the system. And um, it's something that, that I believe in. Uh, we're, you know, with my program this year, we're going to reintroduce our version of what Westhead did. You know, if we average 122 a game this year, we're probably going to win a couple of games. But uh, I, don't anticipate, <laughs> I don't anticipate that happening. But it's been a successful thing. And, and I do. I, I think it's the best way to play basketball. Um, Little Shakespeare for you, uh, here Kruger uh, from okay. from Macbeth, and he and he he said it very early in the in the documentary. If it if it were done when tis done, then twere well. It were done quickly. I think I got that correct. So, uh, and then he follows up, and you know he said, oh, I, "Magic said, so you want me to dribble it down there and score quickly?" And he's like, <laughs> "Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what I want you to do." So. Uh, Jeff Fryer said, the more you take, the more you make. Um, so agree with that there. Uh, Westhead said at one point, you know, it was like pouring gasoline on a fire when they got yep. going. 
And and then uh, when he talked about getting out of coaching and he said he was going to be an insurance salesman and he said one of his buddies told him, you know, who would ever buy insurance from you? I thought that was a really funny line. I, I giggled at that one there. So, yeah. uh, those were my those were my best lines uh, from the doc. Uh, did I cross over with you at all? You did not steal mine. So. All right. All right. What do you got? All right. So this one, this one jumped out at me. This is the one I thought you were going to steal. Um, but Paul Westhead says, uh, you think coaching is fun? Watch out for the pain and suffering that goes with it. Oh, that's a great one. And um, so, again, it's like, you know, everybody seems to be up in the up in the stands and uh, could have, should have, or, you know, watching a game on your couch at home and could have, should have. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and coaching is fun. I love it. Um, but, again, the other stuff also comes along with it because you love it so much, because – you care for your kids so much. Um, there can be some some pain and suffering that, that goes along with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just thought that was like, wow, that's a that's a really good point because um, again, the people on the outside, so to speak, all they see is you know Friday night. Mm-hmm. They don't see you know practice. They don't see you know the hours in the gym and you know all that all that kind of stuff or or, you know, what a coach puts himself through, you know, that, you know, you, you, you lose a, you lose a close game and gosh, you toss and turn and can't sleep all night and beat yourself up over it and hopefully don't kick your dog and, <laughs> or, or, or take it out on your wife and kids, you know, that, yeah. um, you know, that this is, it's a, it's serious for us and, mm-hmm. and that, uh, you know, we can be hard on our, on ourselves and, um, it can trickle over into, and other things, you know, whether it be, you know, hopefully not the, the classroom or whatever, but, mm-hmm. you know, it's hard not to carry that stuff with you. So um, I thought that was a really, a really good, a really good one. Well, and especially in, uh, we'll, we'll just say broadly, the current situation that the state you and I live in right now uh, <laughs> over its American football team uh, at the collegiate level. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think if people knew people who do a lot of criticizing uh, or, or, you know, the, the, the Monday morning quarterbacks or, you know, the, the, the bleacher coaches or whatever you want to call them. Um, if, if they knew uh, how much we carry it with us. And, and I know, especially when I was at my old job, uh, that was, that was killing me. I mean, that was just absolutely killing me, you know, and, mm-hmm. and and I knew that if I got back into it, that was something I was just going to have to manage better. Um, and and one of the things that I had to to change was to to have joy with everything that we did, and and to have joy with um, you know especially winning because you know at my old job it was winning was a relief and losing was agony. It really got to that point, and mm-hmm. we're supposed to win. We have to win. This is what we're supposed to do here, and and I, you know, that's that's big part of it, you know. And and then it affects other things in your life, like you said. Um, you come home. Uh, I remember one time uh, I got we lost a heartbreaker to Rogie's team at Elkhorn, and we were supposed to have a big family day planned after that, and. And I told my wife, I said, I got home, and it was an afternoon game. It was like a Saturday afternoon game. And we had a big family night planned that night. We were going to open Christmas presents or something like that. And I, and and my wife was like, you have to fake it. I know you're hurting right now, but you have to fake it for your kids. Um, and I was like, I know, I know. And, and it, it sucked. It was so hard to do. But I think I got through mm-hmm. it all right, you know. And, and if people knew that, if, if more people realize that instead of uh, being the, the keyboard kings and getting on message boards or Twitter or all that other stuff and really understood those type of things, um, then they would, they would have a much different perspective about it and, and, and how they treat people or what they say about coaches, I think. You know? right. am, am I talking in circles or am I making any sense? No, I think yeah, you're you're hitting the nail on the head of what I was what I was getting at. Yeah, yeah. So, sorry to steal your thunder on on that one there, Kruger. Um, nope. Yeah. Uh, like I say, it's something that we can we all can relate to. Yep. 
What else you got? You you said you had right, two more. So, yep, a second a second best line. Um, we had you physically, and we took your wind and mojo. Mm-hmm. I think it's what we were talking about a little bit earlier with the the physically, um, you know, getting a team to tap out, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. Tap um, out. They, oh, I they like could that. Feel the, the breaking point. Yeah. Um, when a team would would break, and um, I was reminded of uh, you know another. A pen and a napkin uh, participant you've had at least I think a couple of different times. Uh, you know Doug Woodard uh-huh. um, is Bellevue West boys coach and legend in the state of Nebraska, and I was lucky enough to uh, to spend some years at, at Bellevue West and, and watch Doug do what he what he does, and it's, he's incredible. Um, and you know they he used to he doesn't so much do it anymore, but I think again on your podcast they talked about he used to run. Um, um, uh, shoot Rick Pitino's Rick Pitino's full court press mm-hmm. and and things and and uh, I don't know if it was it was him that said it or someone that, that said it. It was like you know we, we said it's like it's like medicine that it, it takes a little while to kick in, mm-hmm. but you know about the middle of the third quarter that medicine will start taking effect and and uh, you know they play close games and they would be close at halftime, but by the end of the third quarter there was no doubt. And then by the fourth, it was, you know, a 30 point win. Yeah. Um, because again, it just took the quote medicine time to kick in. Yep. And, um, so that's what kind of, that reminded me of that a little bit. I like that. I like that. I like that, uh, analogy there. That's, that's cool. I like that. That Doug Woodard, he's a pretty smart guy. <laughs> you know, so. yeah, he he kind of knows what he's doing. Yeah, exactly. So, um, um and, and then, then you, my, third my third one I had, um, was, was a Hank Gathers, uh, quote, Said rebounding comes from the heart. Yeah, and uh, I think there's just a lot of truth to that. I mean, anybody, almost anybody, can get the rebound when it comes to you. Yeah, you know, um, but you know, there's there's not a lot of people that are going to want to go get every rebound and refuse to be boxed out and and that. So I mean, rebounding comes from the heart. Yeah, um, yeah, and and of course. You know, it goes full circle with 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 what happened to him and everything. Exactly. You know, so yeah, um, ah, great quotes there, Kruger. Uh, I think we we hit a lot of good ones there. So uh, the best storyline, uh, I think I led on the on the best line. Uh, so your your favorite your, your best storyline, your favorite storyline uh, from start to finish in the movie. Um, well, again, that's that's hard because they're, you know, um, I guess. Hearing hearing the story from Bo Kimball himself being so close and and a big part of it, I thought if I was really good, um, it was, this one was really hard for me. Mm-hmm. I couldn't really I couldn't really separate. Like I said, that I thought they did a great job of kind of weaving both of the the stories together. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really uh, as I rewatched this again, um, the you know the the Westhead storyline. Of just his uh, desire, like you know, you kind of referred to it about him, you know, end up coaching in the WNBA. Uh, his uh, his ability to to get knocked down and and get back up again, uh, numerous times. I mean, he got fired how many different times uh, yeah. in, in his career, and he's just like, I'm just I'm just gonna keep coming back, and I'm gonna keep getting jobs, and then we're gonna and I'm gonna run my system, and and. I, I think that you know him as a career coach, his uh, as Jay Billis might say, his stick-to-itiveness uh, to the career of coaching shows us that uh, if it doesn't work in one place, doesn't mean it it can't work in another place. And you had talked earlier about you know sticking with your system and believing in what you believe in. And uh, what would you say Westhead's quote was? This is what I know, or or something like that. It's all I know. Yeah, it's yep. all, it's I, know. all I know. Um, you know there he is, and and uh, he's just a, a basketball junkie, a basketball lifer, and you knock him back down, and he gets right back up, and he and he jumps back into the fray, and he truly loves coaching, and and he just you know a little bit of uh, Pete Bell at the end of Blue Chips, where you know he <laughs> just starts coaching the kid on the playground, and you can see you know Paul Westhead in real life, you know picking up co- coaching a rec team and saying, okay, we're going to run the system, and here we go, and yeah. uh, you know so 
I as you know, I never really picked up on that before I watched it this time, and I've seen this I don't know five six times probably easily. Um, but that that was kind of the first time that I really thought, wow, man, he really he himself went up and down, up and down, up and down. Um, so uh, that that was that was a storyline I enjoyed within within the major storyline of the Hank Gathers and that type of thing. So yeah, okay. Uh, basketball lessons learned, Mr. Kruger. Well, I kind of going to repeat myself a little bit here, okay. but um, the uh, kind of with the the all I know is all I know is is believe this. So this is a this is a me quote. Okay, all right? Um, all right. believe in what you believe, and um, I think at, at our level again in, in high school, um, again as I'm watching this, I'm kind of processing it, and um, you know if you're in college, obviously you can you know recruit. Uh, to your system mm-hmm. a little bit and if you're in the pros you know you can draft your system and you know in high school we kind of get what we get yep um and so i think there's always i know at least for me there's that the fine line of um you know how do i get you know i don't i'm not gonna sit here and try to pound square pegs into a round hole yep um so how do i you know i might have a philosophy of wanting to run and gun but if uh you know i got a team that, that can't do it, you can't you know, do it. I'm not going to do it. Yeah. So um, I, I think there's that part of it in, in high school. But I just think um, the idea of sticking to your guns and, uh, you know, trusting what you believe um, and not being wishy-washy and changing to change, you know, every single year is uh, is something that I, I really took from it. Because mm-hmm. I, I know as a young coach, um, you know, I would often do that, you know, well, this doesn't work, you know, because it didn't work one game or whatever, like, Oh, well, what, what, what else? What's next? Like, yeah. You know, instead of having patience with it and learning and getting better and better. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and as high school coaches, uh, you know, we have to have a philosophy. You have to have some sort of system in place that, you know, your your freshmen are doing at Millard West that has has to have some things in common with what your varsity is doing at Millard West, um, or your 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 Lady Cat teams or whatever they may may be. Uh, but like you said, one year you're going to have six three, six one, six foot in your front line, and those are three of your five best players. So you got to play them uh, all together. Uh, but then the next year it could be your tallest kids five eight. So you know you're you're doing things completely differently, and so you have to have that permanent yet flexible system. Um, and but at the core of you, you got to believe in what you believe. And I, I uh, I've used this quote here, before, you know, uh, I'd rather win than be right. You know, and mm-hmm. and if and if that means that Jeff Ritz has the better idea or the better concept for that for that night or that season on how we do things or, uh, then so be it. Then so be it. Let's just, our job is to get wins and, and whatever that needs to be. That's what we got to do. So, um, I kind of had, you know, kind of, like I said, we had some crossover, uh, for this category for me, uh, practice, uh, whatever your style is, I think, um, and, and we've, we've kind of said this maybe a couple of different ways. Um, you know, whatever your style is, maybe that year is your Jim Bayheim town team two three. Um, you also have to have uh, that that toughness of if you, if you're going to go down, you're going to make your opponent beat you the way that you want to be beat. Like if I'm going to get beat, this is how we're going to get beat, and you've right. got to have that belief in your system um, in in that way. Uh, especially if you feel like you're going to be a pretty good team. Um, I, I think that's kind of, you know, like he said, you know, we might win, we might lose. Most of the time we're going to win. But what do you say? Something like, most of the time we we're going to win, but if we lost, the other team was going to feel it the next day and they were going to be really, really <laughs> tired after they beat us or some, something along those lines is, is what he All said right. at one point. So. Yep. A pen and a napkin university videos are just another way that a pen and a napkin can help you become a better coach. Our university video library is constantly expanding with topics ranging from interviewing for a job to full court defense to 25 universal truths about coaching. Our university videos will help you round out your skill set as a coach and help you hone your craft. Videos are $10 a piece with bundling options available. To order, you can DM me on Twitter, 
send me an email at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com or order from our website, a pen and a napkin.com. Be sure to check out the a pen and a napkin video library. How can this documentary help you win games, Coach Kruger? Um, again, some crossover, right? Just trusting your philosophy, um, sticking to it, and, uh, and uh, you know, getting your kids to, to believe in it. Mm-hmm. Um, all those all those things are were good reminders and um, something that you know I know one of the categories you know the, the motivational grade but it kind of you know got me fired up I'm I'm mm-hmm. ready to ready to get going and you know is it November yet so yeah yeah no it's still August it's still August for <laughs> for another hour it's still August so yeah. uh, so uh, so we got that uh, I kind of I had uh, sometimes you got to be a little crazy. Uh, to be a coach, you know, and, and whether that's him leaving Bo Kimball in with, with four fouls in the first half of a game, uh, a do or die game, uh, or yep. just, just running that system. Uh, you know, if, if you just, if you just run everybody's playbook, you know, if this is what the book tells us to do, uh, sometimes you have to, uh, be a little crazy. And and experiment and and try and do some different things, especially, you know, when you don't have the same athletes. Like you know, if Loyola Marymount plays the University of Oklahoma straight up traditionally, they have no chance to beat Oklahoma uh, during that time period or UNLV or some of the other big names. But by playing this crazy system and just being a little bit crazy to try and score 125 points a game, now that gives them a chance, you know, and. Um, you know, kind of like, you know, crossover with football, that's essentially the reason why the spread offense came around is because right. not everybody had five 300-pound offensive linemen with stud running backs. So what do you do? You you chuck and duck it 40, 50, 60 times a game and make them chase you around, you know? And, and I think you have to I, – I think what Westhead did was – and this is something, again, when I was out for those couple of years, Mark, uh, what are ways that we can – zig while everybody else is zagging but still have it make sense you you know um and i think you um you know when the spread again using spread football as an example when only oregon ran the spread it was so effective because you only prepared for it one week out of 12 uh now you prepare for it 10 weeks out of 12 unless you're playing iowa uh you know so (laughs) you know it's it's you know, if, if you do something, if you can find ways within your base philosophy to zig while everybody else is zagging, that can be a tremendous uh, uh, strategic advantage for you. Yeah. Yep, definitely. I know, you know, when you play a team that maybe does something a little bit different or unique and you're spending all this time in practice, you know, preparing for it and then you know, like, gosh darn it, I, 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 you know, I really would like to be working on A, B, C, or D, but gosh darn it, I have to, you know, work on them mm-hmm. um, because of what they do, and you know, it's not normal. We haven't seen this before, and and that can be that can be frustrating. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, motivational grade, Coach Kruger. You kind of mentioned it just a little bit ago. How motivated are you to hoop after watching this movie? I gave it a B plus. I gave it a solid That's- B plus. You know, uh, let's start thinking about maybe running some secondary out of the system. What can we do with our team? So forth and so on. I had a solid B-plus there. What would you have? It's exactly what I had. Okay. Yep. 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 Solid B-plus. Great minds think alike once again, sir. So. Yep. uh, MVP of the movie. This was was a tough call compared to um, most of our films so far. Uh, you know, it was, it was pretty cut and dry in pretty much everything we've done so far. Uh, who was the MVP of this film for you, Coach Kruger? Okay. Yeah. So this, you're right. This was hard. So I did go with Paul Westhead because that's ultimately, I believe who it was about. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I gave the supporting actors to to (laughs) Bo and Hank. (laughs) Very nice. Very nice. I like it. Thinking outside the box there, Kruger. You know, a little bit. So. But yeah, there's um yeah, so that was a tough category kind of with the way this documentary was was set up. So but that's so that's how I went with it. Okay. I I had Westhead as well. I think he was the uh the common link 
through and through. Um, and without Westhead, you know, Gathers and Kimball uh, probably don't thrive in the way that they did as players. And I think Bo Kimball became a lottery pick because he played at Loyola. Um, yeah, I, I looked him up a little bit when I was done watching. I'm like, so what did happen to Bo Kimball like in his pro career? And yeah, he got drafted. Um, I'm not sure a lottery pick, but it was definitely first round um, by the by the Clippers. And basically, when the Clippers were a disaster, yeah, and kind of toiled on the end of their bench, um, ended up getting traded to the Knicks, um, and didn't you know? And just I think he hung around four or five years, um, and then played in some other leagues. And uh, what I was reading about was even how that you know it bothered him so much. He even had like suicidal thoughts and yeah. things like that, and um, struggled with that afterwards as well. But. Yeah, I'm reading that right here. Yeah, he was drafted eighth overall, so he was a lottery pick. Okay, in, yeah. the, in the '90 draft to the uh, to the Clippers. So, um, yeah, and yeah, like you said, um, played for the Clippers, got traded to the Knicks, uh, so forth and so on. And then he ended up playing quite a few years in the in the CBA. It said so. Um, so. Yeah, I, I, I like that. I like that uh, Westhead gets the best actor and, and Gathers and Kimball get the best supporting actor. Um, and, yeah, so uh, well played, sir. Well played. I, 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 I like that. That's, uh, that's good. So uh, the overall grade, A to F for the guru of Go. I went first on the last uh, category there, the motivational grade. What did you have overall, Mr. Kruger? I went uh, consistent. I went a solid B plus. Wow, I I had B plus as well. That is that yeah. is crazy. So uh, good documentary. Uh, my you know when when I had my daughter on, you know, Last Dance would be like the Godfather, Citizen Kane of of basketball <laughs> documentaries. Uh, you know, this is a solid uh, three star. Um, you know, good popcorn movie on a Sunday afternoon if it's raining outside and you're just kind of hanging out. Uh, you know, but it, it's like I said, it's it's not uh, it's not The Godfather or or anything like that. It's it's just a a good solid documentary about uh, one of the most unique teams in basketball history, one of the more unique programs, and then of course uh, with the tragedy of Hank Gathers passing away, uh, that is. Uh, you know what makes it so unfortunately so memorable so yeah and like you said earlier just um our age of uh you know when this happened in our lives and you know being attuned to it and um and then i think i think the other thing with this documentary is you know hoop heads like us are going to get a lot more out of it Mm -hmm. um you know if you you know just pulled some you know random person out and hey you know watch this um they're not going to, you know, understand, you know, so I think it, it would, it would be a lot, it's a lot more effective to us hoop heads than, mm-hmm. you know, your, your common person off the street who's not going to, you know, understand basketball in the same ways and things. But, yeah. um, but for our end, again, it made for a very enjoyable documentary. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when I did show it to my team, they, they, they really enjoyed it. They, they thought it was a, they thought it was a really good show. Um, so, and, and, you know, so, yeah, you never know. Uh, anything else, Coach Kruger? No, um, again, I, I really enjoy your platform you got going here. And, uh, if there's any, um, you know, begin people that have, that are listening now that have, have been guests on your show, um, you know, thank you for sharing. I enjoy listening to them and keep up the good work. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate it. You've been on a few times and, uh, you, I, I think this would be your third platform that you've been on. I think. Uh, I is think it, it might be four. Oh, are you four? You might be tied with Tyler Shaw for the the most versatile guest in a pen and a napkin because you, okay, you, you you had I've your done, own episode. I did. Yeah, I did my own episode. I did a group one in yep. a hotel in Des Moines. Yeah. Um, and I did a, a round table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and, and I did a round table at the state tournament. I did one. This is five, Coach. Wow. Um, I did one with, with Woodard. Yeah. At, uh, at Wine 21 last yeah. summer. Yeah. Wow. And so now you, this one. So you've done numerous roundtables. You've, you've had your own episode. 
Uh, oh, you well, you were a guest on Winning Time, so you you know you've done Winning Time. Time. Yeah, That's yeah. Winning, what God? You, Tyler Shaw. If if I were you, <laughs> I'm I'm coming. You you might want to check under your car here, make sure that the you know T Shaw might not take you out. You know, uh, uh, Don Corleone style here or something like that. Kruger. He's going to want to regain that throne. <laughs> <laughs> well i'm always i'm always happy to get your invitation <laughs> well no i appreciate it every time you come on here and uh uh just appreciate your friendship mark uh you know it's it's been great getting to know you over the the, the time that we've been coaching uh at, at different schools and and i really value your friendship and and uh you know just thanks for everything that uh that you've done for me my friend so uh so the guru of go uh Number six here in the film room. We just have four more left to go. I think you're really, really going to like them, folks. We've got uh, we've got some good stuff coming up here with some really, really good guests, and uh, these have been a lot of fun to do. So, The Guru of Go, Volume Six from the film room. Hope you folks have enjoyed it. I want to thank again Mark Kruger, head girls basketball coach at Millard West High School, for coming on here this week. So, coaches, as always, let's be sure to hone our craft one day at a time.